Welcome to A Bad Bee with ADHD. I'm Finty and this podcast is going to be a place for all things ADHD, the good, the bad, the ugly. Also, I can't always guarantee I'll stay on topic, but that's very on brand for me. If I've learned one thing from having ADHD is that I've never had a unique experience in my life ever. So here we are. I'm just going to put it out there by saying I'm by no means a professional or an expert, just a girl with ADHD speaking from experience, just trying to better understand this neuro spicy brain of mine. So please, please, please seek the help of a professional if you feel like you need it. And with all of that out of the way, I hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, hello. Hi. What is up? Welcome back to another episode. We're on episode nine. Super exciting. Um, Nearly at 10 double figures which is, I never actually thought I'd make it to the stage, I can't lie, my uh, hyperfixation has lasted a bit longer than I thought. But yeah, today's episode, if you couldn't tell, is all about trauma. I know, super fun and exciting and light topic there. But um, yeah, I guess I'm somebody who, uh, whenever I'd meet somebody in the first five minutes of talking to them, I'd genuinely be like, please tell me all your deepest, darkest secrets and all of your trauma. Um, which is obviously I'm learning is an ADHD thing um, and we love that but yeah obviously I thought because we're at episode nine now um, it's a somewhat acceptable time to dive in at the deep end and get into all things trauma related with you guys Um, obviously don't worry I'm not gonna spend the next 30 minutes trauma dumping on you all Um, that's not what this episode is all about but I want to talk about all the ways that ADHD and trauma actually go hand in hand I like to call them the iconic duo but not in a good way Um, all the different similarities uh, that ADHD and actually complex PTSD have so yeah because turns out there's actually a lot so just all of that good stuff to come I don't think I actually initially realized how complicated trauma and ADHD are it's like one big hot mess um so yeah I think I'm a little bit out of my depth here but I do love a challenge so I'm gonna try my best for you all and I hope you enjoy it oh my gosh so where do I even start I guess for me the whole thought process around like ADHD and trauma um obviously my mum actually bought me the book called Scattered Minds by Gabba Mate, and I feel like if you have done your research or know anything about ADHD, you will have heard of this book. Um, it's kind of iconic. It's kind of a big deal in the uh, like psychology world or whatever it is, psychiatry, whatever. Of course, I have never actually read the book because I have never been able to read a book cover to cover a physical book in my entire life so I don't know why my mum thought to buy me a book like I was actually gonna read it but there we go um audiobooks I love audiobooks so maybe I will actually listen to it on audible or something at some point but yeah highly recommend if you are interested in that kind of thing anyway besides the point um obviously if you ha- if you don't know about the book he basically talks about this idea that ADHD is actually caused by trauma and it's a response to trauma this that the other is the gist of it that I've got anyway so yeah I obviously then was super fascinated about the idea of is this to do with trauma what's the similarities in trauma what's the like responses how much of the behavior is similar so yeah your girl went down a wormhole and yeah this is kind of where I've ended up as a result (laughs) um but yeah I got this book back literally before I was even diagnosed so it's been like a constant stream of thoughts in my head regularly for like the last I want to say six months so I'm glad to be finally actually making the episode and talking about it but yeah I feel like trauma is like this word that everyone really talks about now and 
I guess it's definitely changing to what people considered, especially in the last few years. I know I always considered trauma to be like this really extreme and awful thing, but I know that's not always the case. Um, I saw somebody on TikTok describe it as like trauma with a lowercase t, which seems really accurate and I like that description. Um, I think it's like, I imagine trauma to be like this thing, like trauma, like screaming with all caps. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's like we need a term for this kind of low-key trauma that we will experience in life from the more small things like trauma with the lowercase letters and like maybe the sparkly emojis either side of it. So when it comes to like those two types of trauma, obviously I'm very fortunate in the sense that I never experienced any like uppercase trauma, um, as you could put it, like I never experienced growing up any like really traumatic events, nothing like happened to me I mean except from my like head injury that was somewhat traumatizing but aside from that I, I got over that you know you girl got some goodies and treats and everything was fine um but yeah back to the like lowercase trauma on the other hand um is obviously something that I'm gonna get into but yeah I feel like is not really spoken about particularly when it comes to growing up neurodivergent or particularly undiagnosed and the trauma that comes along with that. So yeah, before I do, I kind of want to talk about something and a concept that kind of blew my mind a little bit. Um, and it sounds really awful. So just hold on a second, hear me out with it. But it was all around the fact that we are all just products of our trauma. Like our entire personalities, the people that we are, we are all just products of the trauma that we've experienced in our lives. And this literally like blew my head off completely. Um, and it literally comes down to things like the pe type of people that we date, even our sense of humor, how we respond to things, how we respond to people, situations, um, sometimes even down to our preferences in the bedroom. And I'm sure there's many more and more things, but this is obviously applies to whether you're neurodivergent, neurotypical, but obviously I think it's especially true for us neurodivergent people out there um, because yeah, there's this difference between the symptoms of ADHD and like the similarities and the things that we do. And this is what got me thinking. Um, so like things like our tendency to people please or the fact that we re experience rejection sensitive dysphoria or we have really strong like intuition and hypervigilance and anxiety. Like all of these things kind of come along with ADHD, but they're not symptoms, right? They're not they're not the forgetfulness, they're not the like disorganization. They're just kind of like extra things that go along with having ADHD. So I'd go as far as to say they're kind of like a trauma response. They're a trauma response to like obviously the lowercase trauma that we experienced of all of the things like feeling like we don't fit in, being very like aware of our surroundings and the people around us. And obviously I wanna go into more on that specifically, but yeah, I think it's definitely especially true for anyone who's neurodivergent, whether it's ADHD, autism, like a lot of these things that we do are actually a response to the trauma of growing up neurodivergent and being in a neurotypical world where we're very much misunderstood and almost developing like coping mechanisms and behaviors as a result. So they make up our personality. And so that's why it really irritates me when people are like, stop making ADHD your personality. I'm like, babe, 
it's inherently a part of who I am. Like she's not going anywhere. I can't get rid of her. Um, she is part of me. We are like come as a package deal. But anyway, um, yeah, I just find it crazy to think that actually so many of the things we do is actually a response to growing up neurodivergent and the trauma that comes with that. Like it's literally a trauma response. I feel like I spoke about it in the last episode a little bit about the thing being misunderstood. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go ahead. But yeah, I kind of spoke about the, I know the coping mechanisms that I adopted um, to trying to make people understand me. And now I look back at it, I'm like, wow, that is literally another trauma response to being misunderstood. But again, it's like low key trauma. It doesn't have to be this extreme thing that everyone thinks it is. So yeah, I just thought that was really interesting and crazy that that can actually be something that you're responding to without even knowing that it was trauma in the first place. So now I'm gonna try and explain my thought process on I think where a lot of this like neurodivergent trauma, let's call it, comes from um, and why I think it's the case. So obviously I feel like a lot of us have heard that statistic that says those with ADHD will receive around like 20,000 corrective or negative messages by the age of 10. So that's pretty crazy. And every time I hear it, it doesn't quite sink in how much that is. Um, I think it's fair to say that it also only gets worse and more as we get into adulthood. Um so I know when it comes to like jobs, relationships, friendships and just society in general, constantly being told that you're not good enough is a regular occurrence for us. Um, so I think naturally, of course, you're going to like internalize these comments. And I guess as a response to the criticism, we've developed all these aspects of our personalities that all seem to be really similar Um the things like people pleasing or the RSD and the perfectionism because it's like a response to always being told you're not good enough so you always just assume that's the case um I know I assume that the majority of my trauma neurodivergent trauma whatever you want to call it came from this like constant like critical and corrective comments and messages that I received growing up I know especially for anyone that was highly inattentive like me um it wasn't necessarily that it was meant in this way like I know obviously unfortunately my parents and my teachers and that kind of thing didn't know I had ADHD and obviously back then they didn't understand it either um but I also feel like parenting has also progressed a lot since I was growing up um and there's like a lot more gentle parenting and people are a lot more aware of these things and the impact they have on children um but yeah obviously it does create a trauma response and that whether that be like perfectionism or low self-confidence or like me being overly apologetic all the time um there are just so many aspects that as a result of hearing those constant same critical or like corrective messages over and over and over again you internalize them and they become like your personality your reality so I guess it's also not like a one-size-fits-all approach like it will depend on people's experiences and for example the type of ADHD that they have if they're more hyperactive they might be told like they're too much so it does just depend on the experience but I think it's safe to say that as a neurodivergent person we all have that general like neurodivergent trauma I guess you could call it from those things of just being told what you're doing is wrong or different or being 
criticised constantly. Okay, so I feel like we've had enough of unpicking some of my childhood trauma there. But moving on to something that I've actually wanted to talk about for a while. And I feel like it's actually somewhat relevant to this episode. So I'm going to touch on it. So of course, unless you've been living under a rock, um, you will have heard about or seen or heard of the ADHD Panorama documentary. And I grip my teeth when I say that. Um, So of course, I'm going to say something about it. So obviously, it talks about people being misdiagnosed or overdiagnosed with ADHD by private clinics. um, And then obviously given medication. But Obviously, I do feel like it's actually somewhat relevant when it comes to trauma and complex PTSD. So, um, yeah, obviously, that's kind of also what initially inspired me to look into, like, the overlap between the symptoms of, like, trauma and complex PTSD and ADHD. And guess what? No surprise, there's a lot of similarities. Um, So, obviously, some of them say difficulty concentrating and learning in school easily distracted often doesn't seem to listen disorganized hyperactive restless difficulty sleeping obviously a lot of which we can all relate to um and I feel like this is something obviously that Gabon Mate was talking about and where he was coming from with his whole like idea that ADHD is actually a trauma response but I'm not actually so sure to what extent I think that's accurate but anyway that's besides the point Um, it's obviously clear that there is a lot of overlap in terms of the symptoms of like trauma, PTSD, complex PTSD and ADHD. So obviously I'm not going to try and get into it too much in this episode because it's not the episode meant for me calling out the BBC on their unhelpful documentaries. But anyway, of course, if you're experiencing these symptoms and you go to a private diagnostic clinic, a lot of which are specialised in diagnosing ADHD... And yes, they should know better if they are specialist clinics. Um, And you go with these symptoms and you're getting diagnosed by a psychologist or anyone else who isn't meant to diagnose ADHD um, and not a psychiatrist, which obviously a lot of the people in this documentary, it was saying that's what they were being diagnosed by. Um, It would make sense that you would be diagnosed with ADHD because that's not the actual diagnostic process is not accurate anyway. Um, But obviously, I think that's, again, where a lot of the problem lies is in the diagnostic process, not that the people going actually don't have ADHD. Um, But I don't know about anyone else, but I thought it was really interesting that when actually I had my assessment and obviously I had a private assessment, my psychiatrist actually did ask me if I'd experienced trauma or abuse at any point growing up in my childhood or anything. And obviously, I'm assuming this was to establish and like rule out complex PTSD or any of those things. So I do feel like there is something in that in the sense that that they are aware maybe that there are similarities I don't know I'm just guessing but yeah um I think it's fair to say that obviously unfortunately with the resources stretched no matter what like you're not gonna get a full mental health like background evaluation of your whole childhood and any trauma that you have when you kind of getting an ADHD diagnosis like you're gonna get a diagnosis of complex PTSD if you're seeking out an ADHD diagnosis, if that makes sense, I don't know. But I feel like, yes, the process does need to be more thorough, like 100%, there's no question about that. And it's not like realistic with the amount of people that need to get diagnosed. But yes, it's definitely that private clinics do need to be regulated better and make sure that, that people with 
potentially like complex PTSD aren't just getting an ADHD diagnosis and then being put on stimulant medication. Obviously, that's not a good thing. Like we need to make sure that doesn't happen. But yeah, I don't know about you, but I know. But by the time I went for my assessment, I basically kind of already knew the outcome. Um, I kind of knew I was going to get diagnosed with ADHD. It was just a matter of like I needed the diagnosis. Um, But I kind of knew this when I came to realize that, you know how neurotypical people don't spend months hyper-focused on things like researching and understanding ADHD um, when they think they might have it? Um, Because when I tell you it genuinely consumed my everyday life for months and months, trying to like put the pieces together, um, I've genuinely lost count of the number of hours I've probably spent researching on the internet till the early hours of the morning, like... And I know so many people will have done the same. But personally for me, I'm not going to a private clinic and paying hundreds of pounds to get diagnosed with something that I'm not pretty sure that I have. Um, And I feel like the diagnostic process isn't like the same with a normal health condition in the sense that you have to like fill out forms with your parents and provide evidence. And obviously naturally you're going to understand and be aware of the symptoms a lot more for something like that than if it's something physical. Um, Times by the fact that obviously so many of us become hyper-focused on understanding ADHD that we kind of already know more about it probably than our GP does. But that's besides the point. Um, I feel like it's kind of like a maths equation actually when in your head you've already got what the equals is. So obviously the equals being ADHD in this case and you just kind of have to figure out what the things that add up are in terms of the symptoms and then work backwards from there until you're like, oh yeah, no, it's it's ADHD, like that makes sense. Um, and that's obviously when you would normally seek out a diagnosis, which is what I did. Um, and I feel like compared to any other thing you're getting diagnosed with when you go to the GP, it's the other way around, like all of your symptoms is what you take to the GP and you go from there and they f- help you figure out what it is, if that makes sense. So I feel like I've gone a little bit off topic there, but I feel like I wanted to talk about that because it is important in relation to complex PTSD and trauma and all of those things and how similar they are to ADHD and the fact that once you're more aware of the differences and if you're sitting there as somebody that hasn't been diagnosed yet and you're questioning yourself, you're like, oh my gosh, is it just that it's similar? chances are if you sat there and researched for hours and hours and hours and understand ADHD and everything makes sense to you it's probably ADHD and you are well within your rights and you should go and get your diagnosis and don't be feeling invalidated by some stupid BBC documentary but yeah I feel like what people need to understand is that ADHD isn't just a collection of symptoms it's a neurodivergence which means it inherently makes up who we are as a person and the way our brain works and there's just so much more to it than just a collection of symptoms like being forgetful being disorganized Um, and so I think that is the main difference to if it's complex PTSD or ADHD with complex PTSD or trauma I mean I'm no expert and I don't know how it works but if you were theoretically to work through all that trauma and go to therapy and I know that's easier said than done but theoretically it is treatable and you then wouldn't experience those symptoms to the extent that you did anymore and obviously that isn't the case with ADHD some people obviously even with medication for a lot of people these symptoms are only somewhat reduced or they will always somewhat be there and it's just we have to learn to manage them it is part of who we are it's going to be the way we are for the rest of our lives 
So I think it's really important when you think of it like that is that they are not one in the same. And obviously that's a big part of the diagnostic process that I feel like is missed. It's not just a collection of symptoms. It is more than that. I feel like it just kind of confirms that obviously trauma is going to exacerbate the symptoms of ADHD. So of course, if you're experiencing the symptoms of ADHD and you mix that in with the trauma of being undiagnosed or the trauma that I spoke about of just living life neurodivergent, it's going to make your symptoms so much worse. So I think once I understood that, that my symptoms were at their worst, you know, right before I got diagnosed, my kind of initial thought process is, right, I need to prioritize healing all this trauma and kind of doing anything that I need to do in order to, oh my gosh, sorry, there's a fly flying around my room. Oh my gosh. Oh, anyway. (laughs) Now I've completely lost my train of thought, but I feel like this is this is how it is sometimes. Um, but yeah, I feel like once I prioritized my mental health and healing the trauma that I was actually able to make my symptoms more manageable. Of course, I'm still very forgetful. I still have real issues with forgetting things and being disorganized. Like I literally walked out of my house today without my keys and locked myself out, which is great. Um the crisis was averted, don't worry, I made it back home. Um, but yeah, my symptoms now are honestly the most manageable that they've been in terms of m- the brain, like chaos just isn't there. And of course I'm doing other things like having acupuncture and, you know, I take vitamins and supplements, but I do feel like healing that trauma is a really big part of the process of being okay with the symptoms, if that makes sense. It's a really weird way to describe it, but I do feel like, I accept the symptoms for what they are now and I feel like that's when they're at their most manageable. I just feel like my advice to you would all be start healing that inner child, that neurodivergent, undiagnosed child who was always told those things that they weren't good enough, they were too much, they were too loud. Whatever that looks like for you, like, hey, for me, it looked like starting a podcast and sharing my experience and healing all my trauma that way and doing all these other things that have just helped me be like, this is a part of who I am and that's okay. Um, So yeah, I feel like whatever that looks like for you, get creative, try different things. Maybe it's writing a letter to your like six-year-old self and being like, that's okay that you were like that. Um, But yeah, I do feel like that's made a big difference in terms of how I feel overall about things. I'm kind of like detached and removed from the symptoms. Like I don't, They don't irritate me as much as they used to now because I think for so long I was so frustrated all the time that my brain just couldn't do what it needed to do. And now I'm like, okay, my brain is just going to be a little bit forgetful sometimes. And I just kind of laugh about it. And I feel like once you are able to get to that stage, it really is. It changes everything. So that would be my recommendation to you is just really work on focus on healing that trauma and all of those things that you didn't have growing up. I feel like I always want to leave you guys with that little bit of advice and words of like encouragement just to tell you like it does get easier, it does get better, like you can work on these things and overall does help. Like it's a win-win scenario when it comes to healing, like it's not a fun, comfortable process, but I'm telling you it's so worth it because it literally makes a difference in so many areas but yeah I feel like apologies I know this episode has obviously been slightly more on the like deep and intense side but I did say when I made this podcast 
it was going to be for the good, the bad, the ugly. So we have to touch on all areas. But yeah, I hope you've enjoyed the episode. Um, I'm no idea what the next episode is going to be. I would tease it to you guys, but I generally have no idea. I'm obviously really hoping to get a guest featured on an episode soon. I'm just kind of trying to figure out and decide what I want to do and who I want it to be. But I hope you guys are looking forward to that. But yeah, I hope you enjoyed the episode and I will catch you all in the next one.